Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Football Full Circle, live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, alongside the mastermind of the pigskin once again. He is Joe Lisi, back with us today on FFC. Lisi, guy, great to have you back on the show. Great to be looking forward to week number five of the NFL season together and week six of the college football season, a Wednesday night college football game as well. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It is, and now we have football straight through Monday night. I mean, it's amazing, and thinking about five straight days of college and NFL action doesn't get better. A great slate of college, but even a better week of the NFL. I, I got to admit, when I broke down the odds last night and took a look at some games, there's some tight games that I think could come down to, to the fourth quarter and some upsets as well, and we'll see how it plays out this coming Sunday. Yeah, it's a very, very big thing this year as we get ready to go for this Sunday slate in the National Football League. And, Lisi, a lot of attention is going to be on a rookie quarterback in Buffalo on Sunday. Kenny Pickett officially named the starting QB for the foreseeable future and Sunday by Mike Tomlin yesterday. Kenny Pickett will start for the Pittsburgh Steelers as a two-touchdown underdog, Lisi, against those Buffalo Bills in Buffalo this upcoming Sunday. How tough of a spot is this for young Kenny Pickett making his NFL first career start? Oh, very tough, and it's going to be very difficult, in my opinion, for Pittsburgh to to pull this ball game out, but at the end of the day, you made the decision to go to Kenny Pickett. You might as well open up the playbook, Ben, and I understand that the team is still in the win-now mentality, but at the end of the day, you want to see what Kenny Pickett gives you in terms of long-term, right, in terms of where he can be at the start of next year as well, and he completed 10-13 and last week, three interceptions, but he threw for 120 yards. He had his team in a position to potentially win that ball game, you know, in the fourth quarter. And at the end of the day, they're going up against the best team, Kansas City and Buffalo on paper right now uh, in yep. their house. And there's no doubt that they're going to have to challenge Buffalo over the top, even without those defensive backs that are injured right now. You might as well challenge it in the passing game to see if Pickett can handle the pressure. Lazy guy, we are college football fans first and foremost. A 14-point spread isn't necessarily overwhelming by any means, even among the best teams in college football. But in the NFL, a two-touchdown spread is outlandish. Is that line overinflated in your mind? Can Kenny Pickett and Pittsburgh cover that number on Sunday? 
They can, but they're going to need more consistency in the running game as well, and that's the problem with Pittsburgh right now. Entering that ball game against the Jets, they were converting like 32% on third down conversions and only rushing for like 90 yards per game, less than three and a half yards per carry. So at the end of the day, if you can't run the football and stay in manageable third down situations, then all of a sudden the front seven pin their ears back and then just play pass, and then that can lead to more turnovers and more interceptions. So we'll see how it plays out. First quarter is always critical in these big spread type of games because if Pittsburgh does run the football, they can sustain some drives and maybe break through. Maybe they have a shot, but I think it's a huge ask. I think Buffalo rolls. I would lay the 14 points in this matchup. That's a very big number. You could equate that to a college football game. If it's two touchdowns in the NFL, it's closer to probably four scores in the college realm. A very tough spot for Kenny Pickett as he makes his first start. Some QB concerns around the league, Joe. Tua Tungabailoa already ruled out by Miami's head coach, Mike McDaniel, for this Week 5 matchup on the road against the New York Jets. They would not speak beyond this week for Tua's status moving forward. But we know it's Teddy Bridgewater getting the start for the Finns on the road against the Jets on Sunday, Joe. Miami a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Jets have been feisty this year, as we saw against Kenny Pickett last week, winning outright as a three-point dog on the road. I look to Miami, though, and Teddy Bridgewater, who is something like 42-20-1 against the spread during his career as a starting quarterback. He's a stone-cold killer, Ben. That's all uh, Teddy B does is build him up and you know knock him down. He he yep. wins ball games and he covers matchups. And at the end of the day, he can get the football to Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill. That's all that matters. He's got an above-average arm. He's very poised in the pocket. I know he hasn't stepped up in back-to-back stints with Carolina and Denver. But in this spot with those playmakers, I don't think the offensive miss a beat. He came on, didn't look sharp in that ball game against Cincinnati. But I just think it was a product of of the short week, obviously playing in Buffalo with that emotional ball game. I think they'll be ready, and I would lay it with you in terms of the three and a half with the New, uh, the New York Jets playing at home. I love the Dolphins in this ball game. One of the great things that Teddy Bridgewater still has at his disposal are all of the weapons offensively that Miami possesses. Truthfully, when you have Jalen Waddle out there, hopefully he is healthier than he was on that short turnaround last week in Cincinnati. And Tyreek Hill still went for a buck sixty with Tua Tungabailoa for some of that first half, and then Teddy Bridgewater. I think that is going to be a huge precedent for this Dolphins team, Joe, who's still minus three twenty to make the postseason. Now Tua was sensational, especially week number two in that large comeback against the Baltimore Ravens, and we wish him the best of health in his recovery, but it's not like Tua Tungabailoa is a Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes where he is going to affect the number all that much or an evaluation for the rest of the year. I like the Dolphins laying three and a half on the road on Sunday. Plenty more to come from the NFL up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back here on Football Full Circle, live on the Sports Grid Radio Network. He is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Some quarterback questions, Joe, around the docket this week for the NFL, about to embark on week number five. Certainly that can be shared by the New York Giants as they are about to get ready to play in jolly old London against the Green Bay Packers and the man you just heard from in Aaron Rodgers. Lisi, the spread is now up to eight and a half. In favor of the Packers. It is now the 32nd NFL London game we have ever seen. It is the first matchup that features two teams that are both above 500 entering this matchup. The 3-1 and one Giants, the 3-1 and one Packers. But Daniel Jones was injured last week. Came back into the game more so as a decoy as Saquon Barkley was taking Wildcat snaps. And his backup, Tyrod Taylor, also left the game early. They're hopeful that Daniel Jones can play, Joe. But the Giants were working out a slew of quarterbacks throughout this week, including A.J. McCarron because of the ties to Brian Dayball and Joe Shane from their times in Buffalo together. And the eight-and-a-half-point spread to me, Lisi, would indicate there are some certain questions about this New York Giants offense entering this London game against the Packers. What do you think yeah. that eight-and-a-half-point spread says? Absolutely. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I watched that uh, that Giant game against Chicago. They jumped out to the first-half lead, held on. They rushed for over 200 yards. They're a one-dimensional offense right now, Ben. They cannot stretch teams over the top. Even with Daniel Jones in that ball game uh, or in the game right now, they haven't thrown for over 200 yards yet in the game. Just think about that right now. They're, they they don't have Sterling Shepard. They don't have a legitimate big play deep threat. Kenny Galladay can't stay on the field, and when he does, he can't catch the football. So at the end of the day, they have a one-dimensional offense that revolves solely around Saquon Barkley. And they're going up against a team in, in Green Bay that can run it, and obviously they can throw it with Aaron Rodgers. They hit stride last week from an offensive perspective against New England. I don't think it slows down in London. I I think Aaron Rodgers is sharp. I think he's able to attack that secondary over the top just the way Justin Fields did. I'm taking, I'm laying the points with Green Bay, but I love the over too. I think Green Bay can get into the high 30s in this ballgame. It's just 41 and a half, a rather low total for what will be the earliest game of your Sunday slate of cross the pond in London. The first time the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have played in this NFL London series. Joe, two teams returning from a London trip last week that neither have a bye this week. The Saints were on the losing end of that double doink, the 61-yarder from Will Lutz that would have tied the game at the time. They're hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Joe, it's an Freaking line to me, frankly. New Orleans is a one and three football team, and New Orleans has not covered 
as a favorite so far this year. They host Seattle as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. When the Seahawks showed us all they could do last week in winning outright on the road in Detroit, putting up 48 points. Yes, they allowed 45, but they won outright as an underdog, and Geno Smith has been incredibly efficient this year. Why are the Saints, Joe, favored by five-and-a-half? Just because I think they're home. I think that's part of it, and the Saints play much better at home. Now, we saw Atlanta go into their house last year and beat them 29-27. That was obviously an offense with Matt Ryan last year, not Mariota. But at the end of the day, Geno Smith is putting up numbers. Rashad Penny for a buck 61 last week or 130. What did he rush for? 150-plus in yeah. terms of that matchup and two touchdowns. As long as they can run the football effectively with Rashad Penny, I like Seattle's chances. I know Know their defense sucks right now, but at yeah. the end of the day, they're going toe-to-toe with some of the better offenses in, in terms of the league right now. I mean, they went toe-to-toe with Atlanta, toe-to-toe with Denver. I know not elite teams, but still above-average teams at this point in the season. And you know what? I like them again. I like them to, to win this ball game. I'm not sold on Dennis Allen. I'm not sold on terms of where the identity is for New Orleans. Seattle right. has an identity, and I'll roll with that. They might not stop anybody, but I like Pete Carroll as a dog in this spot. Who's playing quarterback for the Saints this week? Is it Jameis Winston or is it Andy Dalton that got the start last week in London? How healthy is the rest of New Orleans' offense? Alvin Kamara did not play in the London game. Michael Thomas did not play in the London game either. Now, the Seahawks, of course, when you're involved in a 48-45 shootout, Joe, that is going to reflect your odds this or your stats this early on in the NFL season, only four games into it. So they are the second-worst scoring defense in the league. Detroit is the only team that gives up more points than Seattle on average. The Seahawks allowing about 29 points per game. They're the second worst total defense as well. Detroit is the worst total defense. So yes, something to keep an eye on, certainly as it pertains to that total of 45 and a half right now for the Seahawks and the Saints, but I'm not entirely sure why Seattle is a five and a half point underdog. I could see the Saints laying three and a half, but five and a half seems like a big number, and Seattle this year has won outright already twice as an underdog. New Orleans 0-2, against the spread again as a favorite, not covering by an average margin of over a touchdown. Joe, the other side of that coin, it wasn't a pretty game necessarily for the Minnesota Vikings, but they do leave London with a smile on their face and a win in the win column. The Vikings are a fascinating team to me, Joe. They are 3-1 and one this year, but I don't know how confident you are about Minnesota based on what we've seen the last few weeks. They ended up as a favorite in that season opener against the Green Bay Packers. They were dominant. 23-7. to We know the struggles of Aaron Rodgers under Matt LaFleur starting off a season because he doesn't play in the preseason. They covered in that game. The Vikings have not covered since. They are just 1-3 against the spread for a 3-1 and straight-up football team. Joe Lang 7 this upcoming Sunday back at home in the Twin Cities against the Chicago Bears. And of course, the Bears have struggled mightily offensively to begin this season. How do you approach this matchup between NFC North foes? I'm, again, taking the points with Chicago. I like Justin Fields. I like the fact that, obviously, Chicago played okay, in my opinion, on the road Mm -hmm. from a defensive perspective against the Giants. It's a rivalry game. And the fact that Minnesota could have a little jet lag, obviously, playing in London. I like the total, though, too. I think it's a little light in terms of 43 and a half. I'm willing to go over that total. And I'm going to take the touchdown with the Bears. Again, Eberflus has to open up and let Justin Fields cook. I'm not sold on Cousins as a whole. Even though they're 3-1, and one, I'll take Chicago with the touchdown in this ballgame. 
the second worst total offense in the league, the Chicago Bears, because they are not throwing the ball all that well or really all that often, Lisey. When you look at it, the worst passing offense in the league averaging just 97.5 yards per game. Justin Fields entered last Sunday for the Bears against the Giants in New York with what many believe to be the lowest recorded passing yards prop in the history of the FanDuel Sportsbook at 148 in a hook, Joe. He did go over, but that should show you what the Bears are about this year. They have the lowest passing play percentage in the National Football League as well, Joe. The only team that throws the ball less than 40% of the time, 37.9% is that passing play percentage. The second lowest, the Atlanta Falcons at 44.5% of the time. The Bears are playing throwback football. It hasn't worked all that well so far this year. They won outright as an underdog in their first game in that monsoon at Soldier Field, the opening Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers, booked as a six-and-a-half point underdog, but they have not covered in either of their past two games as an underdog against Green Bay and against the Giants, and the Bears had the worst against the spread record as a dog a season ago. All right, Joe, let's continue going through some of this week five slate for the National Football League. Another game with maybe some quarterback concerns as well. The Carolina Panthers, a six and a half point home underdog against the San Francisco 49ers. Lisey, I'll get your thoughts on this game on the other side of the break because we're going to have to have the conversation about Matt Rule. What is next for Carolina's head coach? How long will he be there in the triad? And might he be looking at houses in Lincoln or maybe Madison, Wisconsin or maybe Tempe, Arizona by the time we get going next year for college football. Plenty more football full circle up next here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
We are back here on Football Full Circle, live on the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Lisey, as we were going to the break, I brought up the game between the Niners and the Panthers in Carolina this weekend. Baker Mayfield has not been great in the Carolina Blue. They are a a six-and-a-half-point home underdog this week, and it might be time to start talking about the future head coach of the Carolina Panthers and his name most likely not being Matt Rule, as it is currently. Joe, a a six-and-a-half-point spread in favor of San Francisco. It's under a touchdown. What do you make of this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm a buyer of Matt Rule long term. I still think he's a good coach. I think he's got a bad, you know, roster that he took over a couple of years ago. And their whole success hinges on 100% healthy uh, of Christian McCaffrey. The guy's just never 100% healthy, even when he's in the lineup. But this is a do it or die spot for the Panthers. I'm going to take the six and a half as a home dog. I like San Francisco coming off the short week. They get the victory over their arch rival, the Rams. Now they face a very active and solid front seven. I just need Baker. Could Baker get us 220 through the air in this ballgame? If you could tell me that, yes. I like Carolina to win the ballgame outright, but I'm going to take them as a home dog and lean to the under, what is it, 38 and a half in this matchup. Yeah. Uh, hmm. How do I say this, Joe? I'm not convinced Matt Rule finishes the year as mm. the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I'm not sure Matt Rule, well, I certainly don't think Matt Rule is going to start next year as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I think the time is dwindling. An incredibly damning stat that I saw from this past weekend when Carolina lost at home as a one-and-a-half-point home favor, underdog, no, favorite, in fact, against the Arizona Cardinals. A very short spread. The Cardinals went on the road, and they got a win. The Cardinals put up more than 17 points. Under Matt Rule, the Carolina Panthers are now one in 26, when their opponent scores at least 17 points. That's not a high-powered, high-scoring offense to put up 17 points in an NFL game. And you're 1-26 in 26? when that happens? That means offensively on the other side, you are broken. And that is not a good sign for Matt Rule. It is not a good sign for Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold is still out. He might be in competition for this quarterback job. And I think Matt Rule is going to start looking at houses in Lincoln, Nebraska. Joe, because I don't think Matt Rule is going to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers at the beginning, I will say, of next season. I'm not sure he is fired mid-year, but I'm not sure that he will see the start of 2023 as the head man in charge in Carolina. Again, a six-and-a-half-point spread in favor of of San Francisco. Joe, some news out of the NFL in the last couple of minutes. Cole Beasley, who was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for just two weeks, is retiring effective immediately. After 11 NFL seasons, he is going back to his family to be a full-time dad. Interesting who his quarterback was for two weeks and Tom Brady and all that is circulating and all the rumors flying around. The head quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Joe, as we look at the Bucs right now, the line actually working in their favor for this Sunday divisional matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. It's a duel for the top spot, Lacey, in the NFC South. Right now, Atlanta is 2-2 two and two straight up. The Bucks 2-2 two and two straight up. Tied for that top spot in a relatively weak NFC South division where both the Saints and the Panthers, who we just discussed, are a measly 1-3. and three. Joe, Tampa Bay is a nine-point favorite at home against Atlanta. What did you see out of Tampa on Sunday night? Are you concerned about the Buccaneers moving forward? 
No, again, I'm going to give them a pass, and Carver gets mad at me, but I said with everything that happened with Hurricane Ian, I'm willing to give them a pass last week, even though it didn't technically affect, you know, where they play and everything, you know, the, the emotional aspect, the movement of the family, having friends and potential other family members in evacuation zones. I think that has some effects on ball clubs, and we talked about the effects of, obviously, Florida State and some of the other teams in terms of the West Coast of Florida, so this this spot is where you really judge them. And, you know, I can just tell you from last year, they abused Atlanta in back-to-back games. Now, that was with a healthy Mike Evans, Godwin, and Gronkowski in that matchup, and obviously Leonard Fournette as well. But at the end of the day, I'm still a buyer of the physicality on the defensive side of the ball, coupled with the fact that Corderell Patterson's out. I mean, you know, do we think that Atlanta is going to be able to muster a rushing attack with Tyler Algier? I mean, he had 84 yards last week, but this is still Tampa coming off a disappointing performance. I think they bounce back in a big way and cover this line. It's so interesting, Joe, because I don't want to say I'm more optimistic about the Buccaneers than I was entering that Sunday night football game. A one-and-a-half-point home favorite, a slight number against the Chiefs. The first time KC booked as an underdog since the start of the 2020 season. It's like Alabama as an underdog. It's such a rare occurrence. You just need to bet it on the money line for that team to end up winning the football game. But I'm not overly concerned by any means. In fact, I think you could find some silver linings in that performance out of Tampa Bay. The offense scored 31 points, and I understand Tom Brady threw the ball 52 times because they were playing in that negative deficit pretty much the entirety of the game for the first two minutes after they fumbled the opening kickoff. I get that's what mandated the throw, and that's what made Tom Brady's stat line look good, and that's what made us see the reemergence of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there as well, but I think they are getting healthier offensively, Joe, and I'm not concerned about the Buccaneers defense. It's a one-off game, an anomaly there. I know Todd Bowles, being the great defensive mind he is, will have that defensive unit that was so great the first three weeks of the season be firing on all cylinders here very, very shortly. So I think Tampa's in a pretty good spot and outside of Philadelphia, Joe, with the Eagles now being the favorites to win the NFC at plus 320, I think the Bucs are there in the path is still very simple, it seems, as the odds would indicate, because the Bucks are a minus 340 favorite to win the NFC South, and they're tied for the top spot right now with the Atlanta Falcons at just 2-2. Two two. So, yes, I still believe in the Bucks, Joe, and I don't know if I'd look at them in this nine-point spot. The Falcons have been a very good cover team as an underdog this season, but it is an interesting number, to say the least, and the line works in favor of the Buccaneers. Joe, another really good cover team as an underdog. As we know, under Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions, 14-6 and against the spread in 20 of 21 games under Dan Campbell, booked as a dog. But last week, as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, they lost outright at home against the Seattle Seahawks, giving up 48 points. The defensive questions are certainly there for the Lions, but we're not entirely sure what we'll see on the other side for New England this weekend. The Patriots, a three-point home favorite, Joe. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for New England this week. I still don't think it's Mac Jones. I think that's a pretty severe high ankle sprain. Brian Hoyer left last week's game with a head injury. Bailey Zappi looked really good, Joe, and we were both saying, let Zappi rip Bill Belichick if you listen to football full circle. But to see the Patriots a three-point favorite is an interesting number knowing how good the Lions are against the spread. 
Yeah, but it's it's the Patriots. Now, they're wearing those retro unis this weekend. Oh. Old school Stanley Morgan. And I remember they played back on a Thanksgiving day with Tom Brady. They kicked the crap out of the Lions in that matchup. But at, at the end of the day, it's still a defensive-minded uh, ball club in terms of New, uh, New England, right? They can run the football. You saw what Rashad Penny did on that front seven. Look for a lot of Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and those you know running backs that New England has. I think they can run at will. I'm willing to lay this against Detroit. I know they're the trendy pick, but I just don't think they match up in the interior. This is a game where New England could eat, and Bailey Zappi doesn't have to do a whole lot to pull this ball game out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, and I'll look at those Bailey Zappi props. And a big question, I think, for Detroit this week, what is the health of DeAndre Swift? What is the health of Amon Ross St. Brown? Huge components to that Lions team, Joe. When I was looking at Detroit last week, maybe being able to cover as a favorite against Seattle, that line quickly worked against them after both of those offensive players for the Lions were ruled out. 45.5 is the total. I'm not entirely confident in New England's part of helping us get to an over, but the Lions have played four straight overs because their defense can't stop anybody and their offense continues to put up points. That might be an area I look in that football game. All right, Joe, let's quickly hit on a couple other games across the NFL slate. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Lisey, a seven-point favorite against the Houston Texans, a divisional game where the Jags are a touchdown favorite. Is that a surprising number? No, I think they boat raced them too. I think this is a game where Jacksonville could go up and down the field the way that offense is playing now. Obviously, with Trevor Lawrence at the helm, they have an identity. They can run the football. The front seven is playing very well, and they're a confident bunch. On the flip side, you have Houston that now has had a very difficult four-game stretch and, and got beat up again in the interior. They played another emotional game and lost to, to the L.A. Chargers. They were close. They couldn't knock down that door. After a period of time, I think you just, all of a sudden, that's it. You're spent. And that's where I think New, uh, Houston is right now, and that's why I favor the Jaguars in this matchup. They have the speed advantage on the perimeter, and I like their front seven going up against the offensive line in terms of the running game. I think they're not going to be able to run at all on the front seven in Jacksonville. The Jags have been booked as an underdog in every game so far this year. Two and two against the spread so far as a dog and two and two straight up as well. The Jacksonville Jaguars in a tie for the first place spot in the AFC South Division alongside the Tennessee Titan. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are the favorites in the market to win the division at plus 170, 20 cents ahead of the Colts. And those Titans. We'll come back on Football Full Circle. Flip our attention to a big week six in college football. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back on FFC. Live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's Ben Stevens and Joe Lisi here with you on this Football Full Circle episode. Now, Joe, let's get into it. College football week number six, rivalry week across the country. The Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. A war of words now on the gridiron between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher in the Deep South's oldest rivalry between Georgia and Auburn in Athens between the hedges on Saturday as well. But Joe, before we get to everything this weekend, in the Saturday slate and some of the biggest games outside of Rivalry Weekend, we have to go to the middle of this week, a Wednesday night. On this Wednesday night, SMU and Central Florida, a rescheduled game due to Hurricane Ian, now with a wonderful Wednesday standalone tilt. Right now, Joe, UCF, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against SMU on this Wednesday with a total of 63-and-a-half. Any thoughts on this rare midweek game? Yeah, I've been on August Malzahn and UCF to win the American this year. They're four and we're four and one entering this ball game. Three and one. I'm still back in John Rice Plumley in the offense mm. uh, of you at UCF. Now I, I, sh- I sent you that report about SMU, right? With potentially thirty players maybe transferring out because of four games with Rhett Lashley and that offense and defensive staffs. Is that still on the table? It doesn't matter to me. I still think UCF has the significant speed advantage with their offense. I like the mobility of John Rice Plumley going up against the front seven of the Mustangs, and I like the defense as well. I think they're just the more complete team. I think Malzahn's a better head coach, and I think they pulled this ball game out. Now, how many points are going to be? I can't tell you. I just uh. think that UCF is the right side. I think they win by double digits. UCF's defense has been really good this year. A top 15 unit, Joe, from that scoring perspective. 63.5, a a number they have gone under now in three straight games. They are a a 2.5 point favorite. And the props are starting to come out for this game, Joe, but not the prop that I need just yet. It is John Rice Plumley. It is the quarterback for Gus Malzahn and Central Florida. And it is his rushing yards prop against SMU tonight. His passing yards prop is out there. Great. 225 and a hook. Tanner Mordecai on the other side for SMU. It's the fifth best scoring offense in their, excuse me, fifth best passing offense in the country. Averaging over 360 passing yards per game and his prop is 299 and a half but I need that rushing yards prop Joe for John Rice Plumley. Trey Siggers is out yet for SMU Isaiah Bowser also out for Central Florida but not Plumley. 
at the moment. The reason I need John Rice Plumley's prop, Joe, is because of how good he has been on the ground in the four games for Central Florida. He has had at least 16 rush attempts in all four games. He has ran for at least 83 yards in all four games. And he has ran for 100 or more yards in three of the four. Now, if there is a weakness for the Mustangs, it is defensively, and it certainly is in the ground defense, Joe, giving up over a buck eighty on the ground. Rushing defense, it's too prime for the taking here with John Rice Plumley. The number might be large. It might be into the high sixties or low seventies. I do not care. I'm going to take it on this Wednesday night. I need it. FanDuel Sportsbook, please post it sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, that's a. I mean, we know his mobility, right? He is as good as any quarterback in the nation in terms of breaking contain and putting pressure on opposing defenses. Let's not forget he tore up LSU in 2019 when they had the national championship year, rushed for well over 100 <laughs> yards, and then covered that 28.5-point number. I mean, I love Rice Plumley, And I think, let's not forget, he moved to wide receiver with Ole Miss, came to yeah. UCF to be a quarterback because of what he wants to be on the next level, I think he's got a pretty good shot. Not a first-round pick, but definitely a mid-tier third, fourth-rounder in terms of eyes on the next level. I mean, listen, he's one of the more dynamic playmakers in all of college football. He's certainly one of the more athletic specimens in all of college football. I'm not sure how he would be utilized at the NFL level, but yes, he is here in Central Florida playing for the Knights and Gus Malzahn to be a quarterback. They transitioned him out of that role, but he was so athletic, they needed to have him on the field in some sort of way there in Oxford, Mississippi. And I will say this, Joe, of course, Central Florida, a championship pedigree, as you alluded to, the 2018 national champs in college football. We kid, that didn't actually happen despite a perfect unbeaten season, what feels like a long time ago, under one Scott Frost. All right, Joe, that's the Wednesday game, but we've got some great games coming up on this Saturday. We'll get to the rivalries in just a little bit, but I think you could argue the most significant game from a conference championship standpoint and a national championship standpoint potentially because of spots in the college football playoff is the battle in the Pac-12 on Saturday afternoon in Pasadena at the site of the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl between UCLA and Utah. The Utes, Joe, a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Bruins. That was the number during the summer in the early look headline for this game. It got up to four-and-a-half, though, as early as this morning, Joe, and it has moved back now to just the three and a hook. How competitive do you expect this game to be between Utah and UCLA on Saturday afternoon? Very competitive, and I jumped on the four and a half uh, on Monday night when they posted it in terms of UCLA. I think they're yeah. the more complete team. Uh, you know, I talked about this was the team to win in terms of the Pac-12, and just because right. the book instilled Utah as the favorite, I'm not backing down. Now, keep in mind that the Utah blew out UCLA last year in terms of Rice-Eccles Stadium. It was not DTR. He was hurt for that ball game, so they didn't get to experience his athleticism, and the defense played well for a half, and then wore down when the offense couldn't convert third down situations. Here's the situation that I go and I break down. You know, Utah struggled with Anthony Richardson's mobility week one. That's exactly what they have in terms of Dorian Thompson-Robinson averaging Mm. seven yards per carry. Their offense is rushing for 220 yards on the ground or 213 now after the game against UW. I still like the front seven. And here's the other factor too that not a lot of people are bringing up. Since 2018 on the road or on a 
neutral field site. Uh, Kyle Whittingham in Utah straight up, just 10-9 and nine overall. That's not very mm. good. Laying three and a half points in the Rose Bowl, I think that he could be a factor. I like UCLA outright. I'm not backing down, Ben. Right now, Utah, Joe, only giving up 14.4 points per game, and their passing defense only allowing a buck 55 through the air. That's one of the better numbers in all of college football. But the rush defense, because of that first game against Anthony Richardson, 123.2 on average to their opponents on the ground. You know that is where UCLA is going to look to take advantage of. Meanwhile, the Bruins, a top 10 rushing defense in the country. In fact, the sixth best rushing defense in the country. And I would still say, Joe, although it's been a little bit interesting to see this Utah team this year, I'm not entirely sure what the standing of Tavion Thomas is with Kyle Whittingham this year. He hasn't played a bunch the last couple of weeks. He had 21 touchdowns a season ago. He was a touchdown machine, and we all expected him to have a similar type of season this year for the Utah Utes, who are ranked 11th in the country. UCLA is 18th in the country. And Joe, the reason this game is significant is because both are contenders for a Pac-12 conference championship. No Pac-12 team has been to the college football playoffs since the 2016 season. Five straight years of no appearances from the Pac-12 in the CFP. Well, as it stands right now, Utah enters this big week against UCLA as a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, as a co-favorite, Joe, in the conference odds with USC at plus 210. But your Bruins, who you picked to win the league before the year got started, were 11-1 at the time, moved up to 10-1, to but moved back to 17-1 to last week before the game against Washington that they won outright at home on a Friday in the Rose Bowl. Now, Joe, UCLA is 7-1 to with the fourth best price. If there is going to be a Pac-12 team, Joe, to make the college football playoff, you need to be at least a one-loss conference champion, or at most, I guess, I should say. Utah already has the non-conference loss. UCLA is a perfect 5-0. and yeah, think about this. Both teams, obviously, if you want to back it from the gambling perspective, go right ahead, right? Utah has one mark. There's no margin of error. But after this week, they go and face USC. They're already three-point favorites in that ball game, or at least they were offseason in Rice-Eccles. That's a very difficult place to play. So should yep. they get through this, there's another roadblock with Caleb Williams and obviously USC. They get through that, there's smooth sailing then potentially to the yeah. Big Ten, uh, Pac-12 championship. They still I believe I have to play Oregon. But here's the thing. What what are you buying into more? Are you buying into the speed and athleticism of UCLA or are you buying into Utah long term? I'm buying into you uh, UCLA because I believe they were the best interior line heading into this season and and Chip Kelly has a quarterback and he's a better coach I think that is going under the radar right now and is playing with house money. Everybody's looking at Lincoln, everybody's looking at Kyle and oh here here comes Chip Kelly and the mm. Bruins. They win this matchup. They're going to be right there. We talked about DTR. He was 150 to 1 to win the Heisman. He's down to 30 to 1. If he wins this game, he might be a front runner, Ben. He was 150 to 1, Joe, even following Friday night's game against Washington. And you jumped on him again. And they didn't update the number until later on on Saturday. It's a crazy draft, uh, drop now to where he is at 30-1. to 1. I think it will be very interesting, Joe, to see that Utah game plan come Saturday. Truly, I do. 
I think they'll have a lot of trust in Cam Rising, who has been really good this season. A 68.3% completion percentage, obviously the costly interception against Florida, but has played relatively clean outside of that. And Utah has been a favorite in every game this year. They did not cover. They did not not even win outright in that opener. And the Swamp is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but they have covered the previous four games. We'll see, though. It's a big step up in competition, and I still think of Utah as a ground-first team, but UCLA's best portion of their defense is on the ground. So, does Cam Rising and the Utah Utes look to air it out? Potentially. 19 of 25 for only a buck 99, but three touchdowns last week in a big 42 to 16 win over Oregon State at home in Salt Lake, booked as a 10 and a half point favorite. Joe, all right, let's touch on a couple of those rivalry games. The war of words between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. That happened back in the middle of May, a rare summertime where the entire country was captivated by college football. Nick Saban said that Jimbo Fisher and AM paid for their top ever recruiting class. Jimbo Fisher calls an impromptu press conference, tells Nick Saban he needs to be slapped, calls him the czar of college football, and we should all look into how God does his deal. It was a great, great time, Joe, but now it's a 23.5 point spread in favor of Alabama, but we're not entirely sure what the Tide's offense is going to look like. Joe, do you think Bryce Young plays on Saturday night? I think he might, but I, I, I wouldn't better get on that. You know, I think yeah. there's a p- potential. I'd say it's more like 60-40 he plays. But at the end of the day, is Max Johnson going to play? That's the other mm. big question. If not, then it's Haynes King. And uh, I don't know if I have more confidence in King or Johnson. I love Johnson in this ballgame, not King. I'm so nervous, Joe. The team total was the way I was going to approach this. They have AM's team total right now at 13.5. The over has the juice at minus 130. It's a low number, but I'm not sure the Aggies put up more than 13.5 points. More FFC up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we finish off football full circle today, diving into the number 
for the game between Alabama and A&M this weekend at Bryant-Denny under the lights in Tuscaloosa because, Joe, it was last year when there was a small tiff, perhaps, between Jimbo Fisher and his former boss in Nick Saban where Jimbo said, we're going to kick Nick Saban's you-know-what, and Nick Saban joked, oh, what, in golf? And now that's been amplified based on the war of words we had this past summer. Well, it was last year at home in College Station where A&M upset number one Alabama winning outright as an 18-and-a-half-point underdog. Alabama is again ranked number one in the country, and they are a 23-and-a-half-point home favorite, Joe, against Texas A&M. The line of the summer when we first looked at this game was closer to 15-and-a-half, 16, 16-and-a-hook. 16 Has it ballooned too large in a way, Joe, in favor of the Tide? No, I got burned by A&M on the road in Stark Vegas l- yeah. last week. They lost 4-6. They got abused in the interior. Max Johnson got hurt. There was no passing game, and their defense had no answers. This is like, this is it. This is do or die for them because their season could go in spirals, right? Number one recruiting class, they might be under 500 in the SEC. I'm inclined to take the points blindly in this matchup from the betting perspective. But again, if it's King, I'm nervous as heck because I think Max Johnson it gives them the best opportunity to cover this line. Their secondary is weak right now. They got abused by mistake, but I would still lean to Texas A&M. I can't believe I'm saying this because maybe they run and shorten the game, Ben. I don't know, Joe. I really don't know. It's a large spread. I think a lot of it is based on Bryce Young and his health. Will it be Jalen Milrow out there? I'm not entirely sure. All I know is this. Even with Max Johnson or not, AM scoring offense is tied for dead last in the ACC, or SEC, excuse me, only averaging 28.8, 21.8 points per game. I think Bama's defense holds them short of a small number this week. FFC for today is done. We'll be back tomorrow, live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.